On today's show, I have Lori Myron Manbeck. She is the CEO and founder of Inclusivity, and we're going to go deep and find out how she created this, uh, who benefits from it, and hopefully we'll start off and see how she's doing with the uh, quarantine. So welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me. So how are you surviving the quarantine? I know a lot of people are using it as a time to get creative while they're inside. Um, I am using it to, uh, well, for lots of things, actually. I'm using it to get creative. I'm launch- we're launching a new product our company is. But I am also um, in quarantine right now with my uncle who has dementia. So I am uh, helping to care for him for 14 days while he's on quarantine before he can be accepted into his new care facility. So that's what I'm spending my time doing, launching a new product, starting a podcast of my own, and also caring for my uncle. Wow, you got a lot on your plate. You know, I was going <laughs> to uh, have you share with yeah, a lot on your plate, but hey, it's better than having nothing on your plate, you know? It's true. I Since I started the company, I've realized that right now, for whatever reason, um, the universe is telling me that I will never just do one thing at a time because every time I try to plan so that I'm only doing one thing at a time, other things come up that I have to do. So I'm kind of accepting yes, well, that it seems and like, knowing that this is a big growth period. Exactly. Well, it seems like most creative people have a lot of things going on at the same time. It just seems like the nature. But you're also very grounded. You know, it seems like you're the type that brings the creative people together with a business sense. So what I'd like to go into, you know, we're going to talk about inclusivity and the artists you work with, the T-shirts. But I want you to share with people just your journey because I know you've, you've come from a clinical psychology background, you know, you've worked in a variety of situations. Uh, So just share a little bit, you know, what are some of the key things that inspired you to really take this, you know, fork in the road and say, hey, I want to, you know, give back in this very unique way? Well, I would say that the first things that inspired me was I was raised by um, two really giving kind people. Both my parents are United Church of Christ pastors, which is a really progressive liberal church. And I was raised, I I think, clearly to believe that our responsibility is taking care of the people around us, that that's not not really a choice, that our responsibility as humans is to care for each other. And so my house when I was a child was the house where if the electricity went out in the country, I lived in a little town in Wisconsin for a while, and if the electricity went out in the country, the people who belonged to my parents' church would come live with us while the electricity was out in their home. Um, If somebody from our church got sick and couldn't live alone anymore, they might come live with us for several months. So I was really raised to believe that my job in the world as a human is to have a lot of fun, but also to take care of the people around me and to care about people. And so when I, you know, graduated from high school and went to college, I wanted to study psychology, so I did that. Went to graduate school and got my PhD in psychology. And after I graduated, worked for a number of years in trauma, so working with people who had experienced really difficult life situations and were trying to sort of get back on track from that. And then I moved, and when I moved, I realized that I have always wanted to work in geriatrics. 
I was the little girl who went to the neighbors who was, you know, 75 or 90 and uh, made cookies with her. So it's a passion of mine. I've always loved older people. And so when I moved, I took that opportunity to switch to geriatrics. And up until about three years ago, November of 2016, to be exact, I expected that that would be my path forever, that geriatrics was a beautiful way for me to give back. And I, you know, I spend my time as a geriatric psychologist reminding people how wonderful they are and reminding them how much they've given and that they still matter. And what a great job. And what a tremendous blessing to be able to hear people's stories at the end of their lives. So that was fulfilling and wonderful. And you know, along the way, I raised a couple of incredible daughters and just my life felt really um, sort of like it was in the right path. It was the right place. But I also always felt from my parents' example that you have to be ready to take a fork, as you said, a fork in the road when the opportunity mm-hmm. presents and when it's the right thing to do. And so when November 2016 happened, I I felt that the world wasn't going the direction I wanted. I I was concerned about the environment, and I was concerned about people's rights being taken away. And I had felt before that that hopefully we were just moving in this direction of increased justice and increased equity. And it suddenly felt like that wasn't accurate. And so I took a breath, talked to some of my, um, you know, the most important people in my life, my partner, who is now my husband, and my best friend from elementary school, Najibi. And I said, I have to do something different. I have to do something more. And so the idea for the company came out of that need to do more to spread a message of justice and kindness and inclusion and more to highlight art and more to just be actively involved in that whole movement of um, progress. And so that's how the company Mm -hmm. came to be, was sort of brainstorming from that point. Well, it's interesting that you chose T-shirts as the vehicle. I think it's mm-hmm. interesting, first, because you engage the artist community, and two, just because it's a fun thing. I mean, it's always nice to combine a charity with something that people see as fun and tangible. Yeah. Well, and I chose T-shirts because when, as I was just brainstorming this idea, with particularly with my friend Najibi, um, we were, it was early in the morning. My, my partner, my husband now was sleeping still. And I was on the phone with her saying, I have to do something like, I don't, I feel uneasiness that I can't sort of, I can't just get rid of it. And I know that if I do something, I'll feel better. And I don't, I don't live well with that sort of uncertainty or feeling like I'm not doing what I can. And so I felt a compelling need to do something. And as we talked, I said, you know, I really love the arts. My partner is an artist, but even before meeting him, I, Artists, I think, you know, do a wonderful job sort of highlighting the things that are going on in society in an interesting and often stunning way. And so I knew I wanted to work with artists, but I also wanted our products to be accessible. And T-shirts are very accessible. So I started the company um, to make T-shirts that that highlight messages of inclusion and uh, eco-friendly and uh, taking care of each other and all of that. And so then I reached out to artists in the community and said, will you create a shirt for us and worked with artists to get some designs done. So that's sort of how it all started. Uh, From the beginning, in addition to – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, no, that's clear. And and I love the artist angle that right from the beginning, like you said, you know, artists are also activists. And it sounds like that's really helped your identity for the company. 
Oh, I think so, yeah. I think definitely so. The other thing we've done from the beginning, which I think also for me sort of hones our identity as a company that really wants to give back and be a part of a social um, well, a social enterprise that moves the world forward are a few things. We're, uh, we're called a public benefit corporation. And what that means is that our, our charter actually includes doing something good for the world. So uh, our model is that we donate 50% of our profits to nonprofit organizations. But on top of that, we also hold community events and we've worked with musicians. We've worked with local nonprofits and raised money for them. So our goal is really to get back in lots of ways. And artists and musicians are beautiful, in my, in, in my opinion, they're sort of beautiful ways to reach out to the community because musicians, similarly to, art, to um, you know, visual artists, create a, sto- a story and help us tell about ourselves and learn about ourselves. And so that's, for me, that from the beginning, that was a kind of key part of the company is involving people who are telling our stories in unique ways. Well, what's interesting about, you know, the concert and event part of the business is, and and maybe you can tell me, you know, what you have found, but it seems like a lot of us live in isolation now, and the quarantine is definitely bringing that home. But even before the quarantine, you know, even people, you know, suffer alone or in silence or even, mm. you know, elderly people find they don't have the family support or, you know, the base of support that maybe a generation or two did. It just seems like society, the Internet, you know, people communicating through their phones and not in person. How important is it for you just, you know, within inclusivity and just life in general that people do more face-to-face meeting and just actually help each other face-to-face? You know what I sort of um, find interesting about the quarantine, and I and I have to say that from what I believe and firmly believe is that we're going to come through the quarantine and have a lot of heartache and pain, but we are also going to learn an awful lot, and we're going to be better. We're going to be better at, at the way we do things, and we're going to have um, new and unique ideas that would not have come about without this. And I think that for me, part of that is finding ways to use the technology that we have now to make us feel even more connected. So I think it's, for me, face-to-face is incredibly important. I'm a big hugger. Um, Right now I have to do, I still do some geriatric psychology work, and right now we're doing all of it through telehealth. And I miss being able to hold my client's hands and put my hand on their leg and and be in their space and and, uh, with them. On the other hand, I think the telehealth is going pretty well, and I think it's a great learning curve that even though, even if we are mostly communicating through uh, social, you know, the, the internet or other uh, social means like that, we can still connect. And I think part of this for me is figuring out how to do that in a real and vibrant way, regardless of what's going on around us. Um, having said that also, though, I love the events we've had. We actually are having um, right this weekend, in fact, starting Right now, <laughs> an hour from now, mm-hmm. we're having an online concert where some of the musicians that we've worked with are going to be um, performing uh, live for um, viewers. And so all weekend we have musicians coming in. And again, part of the, the goal with that is, first of all, just to share some incredibly beautiful music, but also to encourage people to engage with one another, whatever the circumstances are. You know, we need each other. 
and that the company has always been about that belief that we need each other and we need to find ways to connect and be there for each other regardless of who we are. Well, I think this was on YouTube. Um, maybe it was your holiday announcement. You had this great uh, um, video where you talked about one of your events and it was raining outside and there was a, someone who was homeless came to your concert and got just some immediate help, but in a very personal way. Do you remember that story? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. So we had a concert that was called um, Kindness Without Borders, and it was in support of immigrants, and it was supposed to be outside in a lawn, and it rained, and so we ended up going inside. And when we went inside, there was a gentleman sitting there um, in a chair, and I went up and talked to him and found out that he, in fact, was homeless and had come in from the rain when he saw that the building, we happened to be doing the concert in a church basement, and he came in to sit inside when he saw the building was open. And what was wonderful is that we had this amazing um, food prepared by a local um, Mexican catering company. And so I got him a big plate of food. We were able to send some food with him when he left. But also, as we were chatting, I said, what can we do for you? beyond this, beyond feeding you, what can I do for you? And what he said is, I just want some books. I, 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 I love to read and I don't currently have any books. And, and I think one of the things that he mentioned was that it's hard to keep books. Um, so we were able to, you know, I talked to the pastor at the church and we were able to find some books for him to take with him. And I think it was incredibly meaningful to him and it meant a lot to us. And then he stayed and listened to the music and left for a while and then came back and listened to some more of the music. So that's who we want to be. We, we want to be somebody that welcomes people from any walk of life to, to come and How sit with us. Sure, sure. And, then, and that ties in with, you know, inclusivity, which is very right. clever because, if, you know, people listening, <laughs> they you. can't see it, but the T at the end, T-E, like a T-shirt, but the overall word, you know, of inclusivity, you know, to include everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a word that comes up a lot when I read your information or go to your website, but it's kindness, you know. I think you even say clothe the world with kindness, but it also, you know, seems to be you want to put kindness into action. And I'm really curious, yeah. you know, that word gets thrown around a lot. You know, everyone wants to be kind, but to you, what does kindness mean, I think, in the most sincere way of, you know, if people really want to connect and help each other, you know, what does kindness mean to you? To, to me, kindness is and being kind are very, very active. It, there's nothing passive about it. So being kind is actually listening to you and trying to find ways to help you. It's not simply not being mean to you. <laughs> that, that's not enough. So for me, <laughs> kindness is an incredibly active way of living, and it's a way of viewing the world. And so I, I obviously don't always succeed at this, but my goal is to wake up every day and look at the people around me and what's going on around me and find ways to interact that are helpful and that matter. And sometimes kindness, in, in a very real sense, sometimes, sometimes kindness is just listening. Sometimes kindness is just hearing someone else's pain because every single person I've ever met wants to be seen and heard. And I think when you talked about isolation before, for me, the core of that is that people start feeling like they're invisible. And I notice it a lot in um, people I work with 
in my geriatric work because I think, you know, if you used to be the one who cooked all the meals or you used to be the one who fixed the cars and you can't do those things anymore, people start to feel like I don't matter anymore. No one sees me anymore because that's who I was. And I think that the kindest thing we can do for people is actually see them. Notice what makes them unique and interesting because everybody has a fascinating story. Everybody is worthwhile. It's worth listening to people and trying to hear their story. And I think that's one of the greatest kindnesses we can do. And I also well, think, you know, inter- when you ask, at, oh, go ahead. Oh, Sorry. I was going to say, no, that's all great. I, I, I love the message. And it seems like your career as a clinical psychologist has given you a lot of extra empathy and what sounds like a, some great listening power, too. I'm I'm a pretty decent listener, um, and I think what what I've loved about the company is that there are so many pieces of my geriatric work and being a psychologist that I can bring with me. And so when I'm um, talking with people or working with artists or thinking about what themes we want to pursue or working on events, all of that I think is really um, sort of cloaked in that same that same belief system that leads me to want to be a psychologist and that leads me to want to talk to people and learn about them. And I kind of love that I can bring that wherever I am. Well, tell me a little bit of just the nuts and bolts of inclusivity. So people can go to your website and they can choose from a variety of designs and say, hey, I want this design on this size T-shirt. You ship it out Mm -hmm. to them. I mean, how do the mechanics work, and where should they go online uh, to buy one of your shirts? Yep. Well, I want to start that by saying we are today, in fact, launching a new product. Um, and, and I want to give a little bit of background on the product, if that's, our, if that's okay. So when we started oh, absolutely. Um, doing – fabulous, thank you. When we started with um, T-shirts, I, I, I hadn't really thought very much about T-shirts except that they're accessible and people really like them. And what I found out is, yes, people really like them, but people have a lot of them. Um, and people have closets full of T-shirts. And so what I kept hearing people say is, I love your designs, but I can only buy one because I promised my my partner or my roommate or whoever that I won't have any more T-shirts coming into the house. And so I started to mm-hmm. think, and then also I started to do some research on um, sustainable clothing. And because since part of our mission is protecting the earth, I really wanted to look into that and see, you know, sort of what, what impact uh, clothing production had on that. And what I found is that the t-shirt industry and fashion in general has a pretty negative impact on the earth. And so I started thinking, how can I counter that? And I, I you know, from the beginning, we've tried to use eco-friendly materials. So that certainly helps. But the truth is that quantity also matters. So even if I'm producing eco-friendly shirts, the more I produce, the bigger imprint it still has on the earth, the bigger footprint it leaves. So I started, um, woke up one morning and thought there has to be a way that people can share all these beautiful graphics and share their creative style without having more and more and more and more products, bigger products. So we've actually launching today this um, new product called Shareables, and it's a collection of products starting with a jacket and a bag on which you can quite literally take panels, either panels that we've printed, panels of photographs. We have photographs online and also our artist-designed prints um, and share them from 
a jacket to a bag, interchange them. You could have 40 panels and change your jacket every day so that the back of the jacket had a different design. And our goal with that is to cut down on the number of jackets a person might need. Because if you have one jacket that you can change out the design on the back for any occasion, you could wear your favorite sports team on it one day, you could wear you know, a photograph you took one day, you could wear whatever. Um, our goal is to cut down on production and the panels themselves are you know, 10 by 12. So it's 10 by 12 hemp panels that can be changed. So oh, that's an interesting idea. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. So is yeah, this like, um, does it Velcro or snap? How do you uh, change that out? Yep. There's actually a little um, frame built into the, the jacket or the bag, and you snap it under the frame. And what's cool about them is you can buy our printed ones. So I'm actually a photographer, too, and so I have photographs that I've taken on the site that you can buy. You can also buy all the art or most of the art that we've had created by artists. We're still working on getting some of it into that size frame. Um, But you can also buy blank panels and design them yourself. And we are going to start working with artists to design original pieces that you could buy. So you could, once we've, once we have some artist partners, you could literally go online either on their website or ours and buy a piece of art by your favorite artist that you could then have on a bag, on a jacket. We're making a wall frame, and we'll, our goal is by the end of the summer probably to have T-shirts. So the goal is to have this beautiful work of art that you could then share everywhere. Um, the other thing that I've done a few times is that I might get up in the morning and say, well, I really am in you know, an orange mood. I can create a panel myself. <laughs> I'm not an artist, but oh, I can wow. create a panel myself that day. And, and I don't know if you know this, but anything that you snap in a frame looks kind of cool. And oh, so sure. even as an amateur artist like me, I can create something and put it on my jacket and then wear it out and come back the next day and paint over it if I want to. So we're really excited. Well, I like, I, well I like that you have... The, the self-expression part, like you can wear another artist's work, but you can also create your own and, you know, be your own mm-hmm. artist too. Yeah. So that's where we're really excited about. So that's, like I said, launching today. I think the website is either up or it will be up very, very soon, the, the new the new website. Um, and people can read all about our story. They can meet the artists. We have artist bios from all the artists we've worked with. So you can meet the artists and get to their sites so that you can check out more things that they've done. Um, you can read about our sustainable fashion. Um, hemp is one of the fabrics we use, so you can read about hemp. You can read our story, how we started. Um, you can still buy the T-shirt. You can buy bags, and then you can buy these shareable items that are um, interchangeable panels. And so our website is inclusivity.com. So it's just I-N-C-L-U. S-I-V-I dash T-E-E dot com. And you can also read about the nonprofits we've already worked with and also um, the nonprofits we support with our, with our profits. So everything is Excellent. there. Excellent. Well, that's one thing, you know, we're going to wrap up in a little bit here. But before we do, I do want to um, talk about, you said, you know, 50% of the profits goes to these different groups. So, that must be one of the most interesting parts for you. Like, you know, who are the groups that, you know, you see that are in need? Mm-hmm. You know, where would you like to see more money go? And, you know, what, what's a meaningful way that I think we always think, oh, you need millions of dollars to make a difference. But what are some ways, you know, just, you know, a moderate chunk of money, how can that make a mm-hmm. difference in a community? 
Well, I think that, I mean, I think two things. We actually work, so 50% of our profits um, are donated to large um, national or international organizations. So um, Natural Resources uh, Defense Fund, um, Native American, actually Native American Rights Fund, uh, Natural Resources uh, Defense Council. Um, Anyway, there are 10 of them listed on the site, um, and they include uh, Southern Poverty Law Center. So that's that's the one thing. And I think what I will say to people is that if you have a national organization that you support, even if you send a dollar, the truth is it's not your dollar. It's the dollar from a million people. So I want to I would argue and, and strongly say don't feel like you can't make a difference because absolutely every dollar does matter. And it isn't. It's us as a group. And, and one of the things I love about that is that that is my thing, right? That, that we, we matter as a group. It's important to what we do, and, and our individual actions contribute to the greater good. And, and that's how I see that. As far as local nonprofits, there are all sorts of things you can do. And we have had um, the privilege of working with several local nonprofits and hold, holding events for them. But even volunteering or um, donating clothing, donating um, books, volunteering, finding out about the activities that are going on in your community to support nonprofits, even if you can't give money, there's always something you can do to help a nonprofit that's dear to your heart. And so that's one of the things that we really want to encourage is for people to get involved and to feel like they can make a difference because we can. And frankly, it's kind of the only thing that can is if people really do stand up and say, this matters to me, so I'm going to go to their event, or I'm going to um, go to the protests that they're involved in, or I'm going to donate my old clothes rather than leave them in my closet, I'm going to give them to this homeless shelter. Those are the kind of things that actually make a difference. And I would also say that even volunteering for a day and meeting some of the people involved with the work can make a huge difference for you and also for the people who are doing the work. Well, I'm inspired just listening to you. And I think, you know, you're more than just a company, but, you know, you're a philosophy. And I think, you know, to wrap up, uh, do you have any words of encouragement to people? They're going through the quarantine. They know it'll be over Mm. soon. They'll be back to work. But what's what you can encourage when, you know, they've, They've, you know, gone back out into the community and want to give. They want to be kind. What's one tip you can give someone to say, hey, you've got a clean slate. You're going back out in the world. How can you reset your mind to be a little kinder to people? Um, I would say a couple things. One is um, slow down. Slow down. Give yourself time to reenter. Pay attention to the people around you. So maybe sometimes just step back and kind of pay attention to what's going on around you and notice people and listen to people. And then I would say start by being kind to yourself. Breathe. Again, slow down and breathe. And notice all the good things. One of the things that I, that I taught my children when they were little and I teach my clients all the time is notice good things. At the end of every day, make yourself say five good things that happened that day or ten good things. Just before you go to sleep, have it be the last thing you do that day. Because if you do that, your sleep will, well, frankly, it's good for your sleep, but it's also good for your next day because what you're thinking about when you go to sleep often often impacts what you're thinking about in the morning. And so if the last thing I say to myself before I go to sleep is, 
I am so thankful that today my daughter called me and we had a wonderful conversation. And that chicken I had for dinner was delicious. And I have a warm place to sleep. And my dog was really funny today. If I say those simple, simple Mm -hmm. things, or the sun was outside, or it was snowing, whatever it is, if I can think of, you know, five to 10 beautiful things or good things that happened that day, it sets me up for a better day the next day. And the other thing I would say is just to remind people to forgive themselves if they're not perfect and that sometimes all of us are short-tempered and don't do the kindest thing. And when that happens, it's okay to acknowledge you didn't and then the next time try hard, try to do it. Well, those are inspiring words, and I've really enjoyed talking to you, Lori. This is Lori Myron Manbeck, Inclusivity, and I really think that we're going to be seeing a lot of good things from your company, so I wish you the best with that. Thank you so much, Kelly. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>